Welcome to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petroquin, career transition coach and mindset mentor. I created this podcast to show you that your biography is not your destiny. At any moment, you can take back control of your life and transform it for the better. The way you've been conditioned to think is holding you back from creating your own version of success. If you feel like you're not living to your fullest potential and letting life happening to you instead of for you, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. Uh, today, we have a guest speaker. Her name is Lee Shay McDonald. She's uh, the founder of Coach with Clarity, a training and education company for life and business coaches. Um, and she's also the host of the Coach with Clarity podcast and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, ACT on your business, braving the storms of entrepreneurship and uh, creating successful meaning, mindset and mindfulness. Very impressive, I have to say. <laughs> Hi, Lee. How are you? <laughs> I am great. I'm so happy to be here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am really glad you're here as well. Um, so just to, you know, start off this conversation, I would like to know what motivated you to enter the coaching industry and uh, train other people to become themselves successful coaches. Yes. So it's funny because when I think about that journey and when I share it with people, it seems like it was very linear, very logical, when in actuality, there were a lot of false starts and road bumps. And I think that's probably common for a lot of people who are transitioning from one career into another. It was certainly the case for me. But I had been a psychotherapist for almost 15 years. My background was in social work and in public health. My husband was in the military, so we moved a fair amount. And that allowed me to really get a broad range of experience as a therapist. And I loved that work. And it also took its toll. So in 2015, when my husband got out of the Air Force, we moved back to the United States after living in Germany for four years. And I took some time off to help my family with that transition because it was a big one. And after about nine months, I got the itch that I wanted to return to work. And yet on some level, I knew that mental health was no longer where I was feeling called to serve. And I loved my time as a therapist. I still have extreme respect for all of the therapists and counselors out there. It's important and much needed work. And yet I also knew that my time in that world was done. And then I started thinking to myself, well, what's next? I, I still want to be of service to people and, and to the world, but I don't know really what that looks like. And while I'm having my own little existential crisis. <laughs> My husband uh, had gotten out of the Air Force. He is a dentist, a periodontist by training, and he had bought a dental practice. And that was a huge move for both of us, but particularly for him because he is an extraordinary clinician. He is so good with his patients and doing the work, but he had never owned a business before. He had never had to be an owner operator. And there was a lot that we both learned kind of along the way. And there were a lot of pitfalls and a lot of frustrations. And I kept thinking to myself, wouldn't it be amazing if there were someone out there who could have supported him and me through this process, almost like a therapist for your business? Wouldn't that have been amazing? And the more research I did about it, the more I realized, you know what? There are people out there like that, and they're called business coaches. And that's when I started thinking, huh, 
I think I could do this. I think I could leverage all of my training and experience from therapy and from public health and program management and be a coach. And so that's how it all got started. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, especially in the the beginnings of building a business, it's about emotional resilience, right? Very much so. I'm sure that like all your your background was so relevant for for that new beginning. Also, it's so interesting that both of you kind of had a new start at the same time. Must have been super interesting, but at the same time, quite challenging, I can imagine, because I know that when I started my online business, not business, my online career uh, coaching business, I I really uh, used, you know, my husband as a rock, like he was my pillar, like he really um, helped me, supported me. And it was just nice to know that he has, you know, his, uh, his, his um, job and that he has his uh, income and that we don't have to worry about that, you know, because that's the reality of starting a business as well. There's so much insecurity, uh, uncertainty about finances. And, um, and I just have so much respect for you guys that you, <laughs> that you jumped into that, you know, new adventure, both of you at the same time. That's really cool. Yes. In hindsight, I'm not sure I would recommend buying a business and starting a business within the same year. That was a lot. Um, And yet also it was a bit of trial by fire and we had to figure out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, that's certainly what my first few years of business were about trying to figure out how to make this work. And, And as a result, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wound up creating a business that was less about who I was and how I wanted to show up and serve and more about what I thought other people would want Mm -hmm. from me. And so I got about a year into my business, maybe even a year and a half. And I realized I've created a brand and a business that doesn't reflect who I am and really who I want to serve. And I felt really lost in my own business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I grounded myself back in my core values. And and in my book, Act on Your Business, I talk about the three M's, meaning, mindset, and mindfulness. Well, I had to really have a heart-to-heart with myself about meaning. What matters to me? Why am I on this earth? What do I want to be known for? What kind of impact do I want to have? And how can I translate that in my business? Because I had not done a very good job of that to date. And so the minute I grounded myself back into my purpose, and I gave myself permission to show up as I was, as I am fully, that's when things started shifting in my business. That's when I started attracting the people I really wanted to work with. And interestingly, I think because of my background, I did a lot of business coaching with therapists and counselors. And the more I worked with them, the more they asked me, hey, tell me about this coaching thing. How did you become a coach? And can you help me become a coach? And so that was really exciting. And I started to very gently move from just doing traditional business coaching into more of the education and training piece. And I started a membership program. I started a certification program. I got them both accredited through the International Coaching Federation. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, here I am. I'm helping people become powerful ethical coaches. It's not exactly what I saw for myself when I first started out. And yet now I can't imagine doing anything but this. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I went through a very similar journey. You know, <laughs> I started as a health coach. And then I also realized that, um, yeah, I like health, but is it really ultimately the most important thing that I want to, you know, help people with? Um, I think what's important to 
I don't know, to note from all of this is that um, you have, you never know exactly where life or your career is going to take you, right? And yeah. I think it's good to just commit to one thing to start with and mm-hmm. then just go with the flow. And as you learn and as you get more experience, um, then you're going to see, you're going to get a feeling also for what you like more and, and what, you know, is starting to get your interest and spark your curiosity and excite you. And then you can get into that as you build up your career. Um, I think a lot of people restrain from, you know, jumping into something new or changing careers because they're like, I need to know exactly what I'm going to do. I need to have this clear plan, you know. Um, but no, just have one idea, commit to that and... Um, and then you're going to see it's going to evolve. You're not done with growing, with evolving, you know, and learning. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, when I when I look at the moments in my life, and especially in my business, it always helps for me to think about it as an act of co-creation. It's not just me creating this business or creating these offers. It really is about connecting, not just with my clients either, but with the essence, with the energy of the business itself or of the offer itself. And so when I free myself from having to be the sole creator, and I think about it as an act of co-creation, then it does help me become more flexible and more willing to go with the flow and to see what wants to be. And maybe it matches with my idea of what I think it should be, and maybe it doesn't. And if I can hold on to that openness and that curiosity, then ultimately I wind up exactly where I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, thank you. I love that. The (laughs) co-creation. Nice. Um, Yeah. And I mean, we're going to jump into that later, but um, you, you mentioned the purpose, which is a big piece for me, something I really focus on with my clients as well. Um, And, and I think that's so relevant, but yeah, if, you know, just if anyone here listening to this podcast episode is interested in becoming a coach, potentially, what would you say are like the top three benefits um, and the top three challenges of this career? Oh boy, that is such a juicy question. All right. Well, I think number one, in terms of benefits, I really appreciate the flexibility that coaching offers. And my perspective may be a little different because I used to be a therapist and I'm very familiar with a lot of the restrictions placed on the work I was able to do with my clients, especially if I had to file with their medical insurance and creating treatment plans. There were a lot of requirements I had to fulfill. Whereas with coaching, there's so much more flexibility in how and when and where I'm able to work with my clients. So number one, I think flexibility is a huge benefit of coaching. And with that also comes the fact that there are unlimited sources of potential revenue. You can do one-on-one coaching. You can do group coaching. You can create a course. You can write a book. You can do a paid podcast. I mean, it's really endless the different ways that you can bring revenue into your business. So I think having all of those options available. And then finally, I think the third benefit is that at least for me, coaching has been a vehicle for me to really live out my purpose and my values, unlike any other profession I've ever held. I feel more aligned with who I am. I feel more like myself inside my business than I ever did working for someone else. And again, I don't mean to slight my earlier careers. I'm very grateful for them. They helped me become who I am today. But really, coaching has allowed me 
to become the fullest expression of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's also what I help my clients do. So I think those are the big benefits of coaching. Now, with every benefit comes shadow sides. And and that comes to your question about the drawbacks. You know, when you start your own business, it requires a huge amount of time and energy and money. And so being willing to invest in yourself in that way uh, can be really anxiety provoking. Uh, There is a level of of anxiety that comes with entrepreneurship that I was not quite ready for when I said, yes, I want to be a coach. So I want to be like perfectly transparent that as exhilarating and wonderful a career this is, there's some anxiety that comes with it. So I think that's a drawback. I think another drawback is that coaching, because it's flexible and because anybody can be a coach, the downside is that anybody can be a coach. And so there there are some people out there who are probably coming from a place of good intentions, but they don't necessarily understand how to create these relationships with clients, what it means to be a coach. And so sometimes people can get ideas in their head about what coaching is. Some of those ideas are not always... uh, you know, they don't always make us look good. And so there can be this sense that like we're having to fight against how people um, construe the industry. And so I think that's important to know as well. But again, if you're out there providing really powerful coaching services, you can differentiate yourself from the pack really easily. So we can turn that drawback in or that yeah into a strength. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, Mostly, yeah, when I started coaching, you know, I, I had my certification, I was, I felt like, yeah, okay, I have the knowledge, I have the skills now, I'm ready, I feel this is my purpose, you know, and as you said, it's exactly like becoming really the most authentic version of me doing this work. Um, and, and yeah, and then suddenly I realized there was this big wall in front of me, like, okay, but now you also have to be a business owner. You have to sell your services, you know, you have to market them. You have to be, to do all those things online and be present and show up. And, and I was like, oh my God, I, I don't think I was ready for that. So thank you for being so honest um, about this because, you know, it's, uh, it, it seems so dreamy. And I think there's more and more coaches out there. Like the coaching industry is becoming so big because a lot of people have this uh, idea or idealized idea of what, you know, the, the profession of coaching is. And, um, and in a sense, yeah, it can become so rewarding, but I think that the start can be really uh, triggering and challenging. Like if you haven't prepared for it, if, if you haven't expected, you know, all those uh, challenges that you're going to have to to overcome. So, so yeah, thank you for your honesty. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's important to remember too, that some of those challenges are going to be external. It's going to be what other people think, or we don't have access to certain resources, but more often than not, I find that the challenges are internal. It's my own emotional response or my own thoughts about what's happening to me. Um, and, and actually, in my book, when I talk about the three M's, the second M is mindset. And in my, to me, that's what mindset is. It's how we relate to and respond to those internal experiences, the thoughts we have, the emotions we have, memories, sensations, all of those private internal experiences. And the fact that we have those experiences, the fact that we might feel anxiety or that we have a thought that's like, what am I doing? I'm no good at this. Who am I to do this? It's really easy to think that I must be doing something wrong 
if I'm having those experiences, but actually we're not doing anything wrong. Those are normal responses when we're doing something new. And I think the first step is to understand that just because I have those thoughts or those emotions, they don't have to define who I am. And I get to decide how true they are and the extent to which I want them to influence my behaviors. So I think that's a really important thing for entrepreneurs everywhere to hear. You're not wrong or bad or doing something wrong if you have self-doubt. It's just a part of the process and how you respond to it. That's where the magic can really happen. Yeah, 100%. And I think even beyond just entrepreneurs, you know, any person getting out of their comfort zone is going to you know, feel some self-doubt and and limiting beliefs and fears. It's normal. Like we were not made for, uh, you know, dealing with change uh, in a very smooth way, you know, feeling super confident, like uh, we're creatures of habits, as I like to say. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I think that I completely agree with you. You know, the mindset part is the most uh, interesting one. And it's definitely, I think, what made me also a better coach in the end. It was going through that challenge myself when I started my business, you know, uh, yeah. understanding this part that your inner voice, that negative self-talk, you know, that is bringing you down is not your inner guidance. Like that's something different you know? Yes. Yes. Separating your inner wisdom, your intuition from that inner monologue. Yes. That is so important. I absolutely agree. And it's so hard in the start when you're not, you know, familiar with mindset work uh, to differentiate both, you know, to know which one is telling you, no, don't do that. Like, because this is not the right path for you or not, don't do that just because you lack that self-confidence and you're just finding excuses for not to do it, you know, for not doing it. Yes. You're exactly right. And and something that I teach my coaches in my certification program and something I do with my own clients is to introduce somatic work or body work into it. So when we're having a thought, let's really pay attention to where we are experiencing that in the body. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one way that I can distinguish between is this the inner monologue, that inner chatter, or is this my intuition? Because that inner chatter feels different in my body. Like literally I feel it in a different place than I do that deep inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so when we can allow our body to help us decipher what is this and where, where is it coming from? Then, then that can be a really helpful tool in making decisions. Now there is a bit of a caveat with that. And and I, and I want to be clear that I know that there are people out there who'd feel disconnected from their body. Um, Maybe they've experienced trauma. Maybe they don't speak the language of their body yet. And so it may not feel safe to do that kind of somatic work. And I think as coaches, we need to be really tuned into that. Mm -hmm. We can't just assume that everyone's going to be able to connect with their body and Mm -hmm. use their body as a tool. There may be some healing that needs to happen first. There may be some education that needs to happen first. And so that's why we need to be really clear on where our clients are in their journey. And when we introduce a tool like that somatic work, we really need to assess their readiness. And if this is a tool that's going to help them, or if it actually might re-traumatize them, and we need to take great care with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. We cannot do anything (laughs) with our clients. Um, And so who would you say coaching is for and who is it not for? 
Well, in some ways, I think coaching is for everyone, um, certainly receiving coaching, provided that they're yes. open to it and interested. Um, and I also really believe that anyone with the desire to become a coach can be a coach. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that they can become a coach immediately. Uh, and even though legally, you may be able to call yourself a coach from day one and hang your shingle out and, you know, open for business. I do think that there are some fundamental coaching skills that are important to master how we build relationships with people, how we create a container of trust and safety, how we develop a system to identify where our client is now, how their past experiences inform their present, where they want to be, how we can help them achieve that. Um, and then just ensuring that as we do this work, we are abiding by an ethical code that really guides our behavior so that we are partnering with our clients. We're deferring to their inner wisdom and their expertise because clients are always the expert in themselves. Mm -hmm. Coaches are the expert in the process. Mm -hmm. We know how to facilitate change. We know how to enhance the likelihood that transformation will occur. And that's why we're the guide, but we're never the star. The star is always the client. And we always have to defer to the client because they know what's best. Uh, even if we think they should be doing something or they're ready for this, if there's any sort of hesitancy or, or, or sometimes even resistance there, as coaches, we need to know when to pull back. We need to know how to explore and work through that with the client so that they always feel that this is a safe zone, that they're respected, and that we have a trusting relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that clients look for guidance, you know, to, to find clarity to start with and then to have that person that holds them accountable and and also offers them that kind of emotional support you know and gives them the tools to again have that sort of emotional resilience we were talking about at first right um but it's not about someone who's going to tell you exactly what to do and and how to do it you know you have to figure that on your own <laughs> and uh, exactly but that's the exciting part as well is that at the end of the day you it's a co-creation co too you know like you're you're the one co-creating with the universe with you know the the advice and and the tools the guidance that you got from your coach um I definitely agree with you I think If I could, I would have a coach in every area of my life. <laughs> I would have, you know, um, a relationship coach, a financial coach, a, a health coach, everything. It's amazing to have this level of support. And um, and I think it's it's the best investment that you can make, really investing. In I yourself. agree. I agree. And And as a coach and as someone who trains coaches, I will always have a coach in my corner. Always. Yeah. Because we are never done exploring and growing. Uh, at least I hope we're not. I never want to be done because I find it just so exhilarating mm -hmm. to constantly being up-leveling and trying new things. And for me, having a coach as my guide on that journey, it just makes it all the more rewarding. Mm -hmm. And certainly, I think a lot of times people ask, well, do I need a coach? And my truthful statement is you might not need one, but I bet you're going to want one because working with a coach, it's not necessarily that you're going to do things you 
couldn't have done without the coach, Mm -hmm. but you'll be able to do them in a way that's probably more efficient. So it'll happen faster. Hopefully you're with a coach that really understands you. So it's going to be more fun Mm -hmm. and you're also going to benefit from the wisdom and the expertise and the support that that other person brings you. So do you absolutely need a coach? Probably not. You could probably make do on your own, but you're going to spend a lot more time and energy doing Mm. that. And it's probably not going to be as fun. It's a lot of trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, So how does one transition successfully into coaching? If if that's even truly possible, (laughs) especially when coming from, imagine, yeah, coming from a different, uh, completely different industry. Yes. Well, I think number one, let's think about who you want to serve as a coach and kind of the general topic or niche, if you will, around your coaching practice. So we do want to be really clear about if I'm transitioning into coaching, where is my space? Where do I want to be? And who do I want to serve? I also think that if you are brand new to coaching, you've never coached before and you've never been coached before, there's a lot of value in working with a coach yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to help you with your own personal transformation, but it's also going to teach you a lot about the coaching process. Your coach can model strategies and tactics and behaviors that you may wish to include in your own coaching work, or maybe not. Maybe you'll experience some things and you'll know that's not a tool that I want to incorporate. It's always a learning experience. So working with your own coach can be a really helpful experience. And then of course, if we're starting at square one, we have very little experience creating relationships and supporting other people. That may be where a more formal coaching training program mm-hmm. could benefit you. Um, and again, the I look to the International Coaching Federation as a guide on that because they really are the gold standard when it comes to quality ethical coach education and training. So finding a program, whether it's a full certification program or whether it's mini continuing education offerings, finding some way to really enhance your own knowledge and understanding of coaching, I think will benefit a new coach in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in a way you can say, okay, if, if you're interested in, into transitioning, um, before you're not know, looking maybe for the perfect course or something like this, as you said, you know, you're going to keep learning. So, uh, you know, start with the topic you're interested in, with the people you want to help and look into that, look into the knowledge gaps that you may have that, you know, you can fill, um, look into the skills that you need to develop as a coach if you haven't coached before. Um, and, and yeah, and then I think the whole business part uh, I would definitely recommend to get a business coach, you know, or someone, yes. someone who's, uh, you know, been down this path before. Uh, for me, it was definitely um, a turning point in my in my career, uh, in my coaching career, when I hired a business coach. Like it really uh, transformed, you know, the way I felt about everything. And it's so true what you said you can look at what others are doing and be like, okay, this is something that I also want to use into my own uh, business. And, and this part may be a bit less. So (laughs) uh... exactly. And, you know, I think if you're able to work one-on-one with a coach, that's ideal, 
But I also understand that not everyone is able to do that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where I feel like podcasts like yours and, and mine can be really helpful because it's a way to immerse yourself in the world of coaching yes. and to learn from other coaches without necessarily having to invest right away. Mm -hmm. But then as you're listening to these podcasts or you're reading blogs or books or, or video, however you choose to engage, you are going to start seeing who you feel most connected with. And then when you are ready to invest, you're going to know where to start. So I think it's absolutely okay to almost kind of create your own self-study program, if mm -hmm. you will, using mm -hmm. podcasts and videos and books. And then understand at some point, you're probably going to graduate out of the self-study mode. You are going to work, want to work with mentors in the field, but you already know who they are because you've been studying from mm -hmm. them all along. Yes, yes. And you have already been immersed in that world. So now you're just, you know, kind of taking the next step of getting out there, putting yourself out there <laughs> and exactly. connecting with other people, which is a great thing, to be honest, because that's a tip I also give to a lot of career changes in general when they want to go into new roles or industries is to, you know, before actually going through the whole application process, um, go into those fields, talk to the people, immerse yourself, yes. listen to podcasts, read, watch you know do all that stuff that makes you get a feel of okay this is I think this is where I want to go towards you know and um and these are the kind of people I want to mix with and collaborate with <laughs> or exactly from. yeah you'll save yourself so much time and heartache in the long run doing some of that initial study and you know and I think I've got two teenage boys they're in high school, they'll be moving on to university. And they're at that stage of wondering, what do I want to do with my life? What, what career do I want to study? And I'm all about having them shadow people. I'm about them kind of taking some classes in, in college that maybe they don't know if it's going to wind up mm -hmm. a career, but who knows if you don't expose yourself to that. Yeah. So just as we do kind of in our early formative years, I think we need to take that on in our career transitions as mm -hmm. well. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask someone for coffee and learn more about their work uh, to to really dive in through through podcasts and videos, like whatever that looks like for you, um, because then you're going to get a better idea of not just is this a career that I want to move into, but what do I want to specialize in and where is there space for me? Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee in the coaching world, there is space for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And where do I fit it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are your, what would you say are like the main pillars uh, for creating uh, a successful and sustainable coaching business? So when I think about the pillars of a coaching business, there's, and really a coaching practice, we'll kind of open it up because I mm -hmm. think practice allows us to talk about both the business side of coaching and the art, the mm -hmm. craft mm -hmm. of coaching as well. So in Coach with Clarity, I talk about four pillars. Number one, we have coaching skills. We need to make sure that you have the tools you need to guide your clients through this transformation process. So being really strong in the skills of coaching is number one. Then number two, of course, we've got business growth. We need to understand how to start and operate a business, um, especially if you are not an internal coach working for a company. If you're, if you're going out on your own, there needs to be some fundamental business understanding there as well. So we've got coaching skills, we've got business growth. And then there's two other elements that I think are actually related to both the craft and the business of coaching. Number one is 
in uh, intuition and energy. Mm -hmm. So understanding the role your intuition plays in your business and in working with your clients, understanding how to help your clients tap into their intuition, and then understanding the energetic currents that run through every interaction. So really grounding your work in intuition and energy is the third pillar. And then the fourth and final pillar, I call it intentional use of self. Because at the end of the day, the best tool that every coach and every business owner has is themselves. How can we use ourselves as a tool with our clients and in our business? So for example, as a coach, your clients are probably coming to you because they know that you have a certain level of experience, expertise, wisdom, and they want to benefit from that. And yet also as coaches, we understand that clients are the experts in themselves and we want them generating their own ideas. So how do we how do we do both? How do we share our wisdom with our clients without steamrolling them and their ability to create their own ideas? Well, that's where knowing how to intentionally use ourself comes in, knowing if, when, and how to share our thoughts and our our ideas, how to create a space where a client can respond in any manner to what we're offering them. And then also that intentional use of self that really comes back to using all of yourself, including your body as a tool. So just as we talked about before, knowing how your intuition shows up for you, that's kind of the, the intersection between intuition and energy and intentional use of self. And we can use that in our businesses. We can use that with our clients. So I really think coaching skills, business growth, intuition and energy, and intentional use of self, those are the four pillars of any successful coaching practice. Okay. And I find it so interesting how you separated intention and energy from uh, intentional use of self. I, I would tend to see it together. Um, and I would like to know why you, you, you know, purposefully separate them too. I think they're very much connected. Um, and I think we, we probably could kind of bring them together, but I think when we're looking at intuition and energy, it's not simply how we use it ourselves and that's the intentional use of self piece, but it's also how do we support our clients in tapping into and accessing their own intuition mm -hmm. and energy as well. So I see that having like a multifaceted mm -hmm. approach. So intentional use of self maybe is a representation of one of those facets, but I think we can really expand it so that we're looking at helping other people develop their intuition and energy in addition to using our own. Okay. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So if if someone were to to begin, you know, their their journey in uh in becoming a, a coach now and they're still in their job, like how much time in average, since you have that experience of working, you know, with no new coach uh new coaches, um, does it take to to build uh such a, a practice, a coaching practice until, that you know, is... you start having clients and, and making enough money to, you know, support yourself and how, how long in general does it take? Because I don't know if that's something you can actually say, like, you know, that it, there's an average for that, but, uh, but maybe you, you know that. So <laughs> I, I, I think there probably is an average. It is one of those situations where your mileage may vary based on your niche, based on the 
contacts you already have in mm. that industry. And also based on the amount of time that you're able to kind of get yourself out there and build your visibility. I have clients that have gotten their, or I've, yeah, I have clients who've gotten their first clients in a matter of a few weeks, a month. I have other clients that have needed multiple months and a longer runway. Mm -hmm. So it really does vary. I think it's reasonable to expect a first client within the first three months. But in terms of having a sustainable business for the long term, I really encourage people to give themselves a longer runway. Anywhere from six to 24 months, again, depending on how much time you're able to invest in your coaching practice, you know, next to your, your primary career. Mm -hmm. Um, and to understand that a lot of times in coaching, we have peaks and valleys mm -hmm. and it would be lovely if it was just this continuous up curve. But what I find is we tend to have surges and then we have withdrawals. And so that's part of the process as well. Mm -hmm. And understanding that when we have those dips, uh, again, it's not that we're not doing something wrong. It's just part of the cycle of business. And so how can we manage our way through that dip so that we can get to the next mm -hmm. peak? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's reasonable to spend a few months at the beginning getting really clear on who you are as a coach, how you show up and support your people and what separates you from other coaches. Then once we know that, then we can turn outwards and really look at who am I serving? What do they need? What have they already tried and hasn't worked? Um, what is their ultimate goal? And then we can start to shape both the way we coach and our specific offers to our clients based on their needs, but also mm -hmm. making sure it's in alignment with our values, our strengths, and our priorities. Once we're really clear on, really it's four things, identity, audience, approach, and offer. Those are kind of those building blocks. Once we know how to talk about those four things, then we got to go out and talk about them. That's where marketing comes in. And it can be relationship-based marketing. It can be going on podcasts like this one, uh, blogging, writing books, just showing up where your people are and being really generous with your knowledge and your support. Mm -hmm. That helps build trusting relationships. You start being seen as a subject matter expert in your field, and then people will start reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. That's a long game. That's the part that takes so much time. But if you're able to invest Invest that time at the beginning, it's going to bear fruit in the long run. Yes. Um, and also, you know, I feel like I, I could have used your help so much in the start of my coaching journey, because instead of taking that time to really figure out, you know, who do I want to serve? What is my niche? What do I specialize on? I was kind of looking everywhere and nowhere at the same time, comparing myself and like really throwing just spaghetti on the wall. Like, you know, trying to, I didn't even have an offer. Like it was like, okay, I'm a coach now. So, and I'll just adapt to whatever my client needs and, and whoever can be my client. And this uh, made me take so much longer and actually building a sustainable uh, practice. So, so I think this is a super, it's really good advice to people who want to go into the coaching industry, who want to become coaches. The, like this is your foundation. And if you're not clear on that, and it doesn't mean that you need to commit to this forever, you yes. know, you can change, like it's okay, but commit to one thing at first, build on that and, and start marketing that. But if you're clear, it's also gonna, your message is also going to be clear for the people looking at you, you know, and when you make yourself visible, they're gonna, it's going to resonate way more with people than if you're just 
uh, selling stuff to sell stuff, but you're not even clear on what you're selling. You know? That's exactly right. And I think a metaphor that's really helpful here is that of a science experiment. When you are conducting an experiment, you have a hypothesis. You have an idea as to how you think this is going to work. And then there are certain variables that you're testing and you need to actually do the work and test them. Then you need to gather data and see, do the data support my hypothesis? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're doing when we're starting a business. Our hypothesis is there are these people out there who need this from me. And so the variables are, you know, how to find them and what to offer them and so forth. So we're going to play with that. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to take a look at the data to see, okay, how is this working? Was I right? Do these people need support? Are they where I thought they were? Is my offer matching it? We may also find that the people I thought I wanted to work with actually, no, I much prefer working with these other people. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's all data. And I think when we view every opportunity and every experience as data, then it kind of takes the pressure off a bit. And then we can decide, okay, do I want to keep going with this experiment or do I need to tweak a variable? And really that's, to me, that's what business is all about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, So if there's any new coaches or future coaches, uh, where can they find you and, or find more about your services um, or your book, you know, and, and all the the amazing stuff you have to, uh, to offer, you know, whether it's, it's free or not, but um, where can we find you basically? Yes. Well, I am at Coach with Clarity pretty much everywhere. So coachwithclarity.com is my website. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok at Coach with Clarity. When you go to my website, you can learn more about the Coach with Clarity podcast as well as my book and my other offers. And if you are still exploring coaching and you want to know a little bit more about your coaching style, I have a free quiz all about your coaching superpower. You can go to coachingquiz.com to take that. Uh, So there's tons of resources waiting for you in the Coach with Clarity world. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Um, It was such an interesting conversation. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who listen to the podcasts of coaches often have in their back of their mind a bit uh, that idea as well that's how I started uh I know that I started listening to to coaches on podcasts you know before jumping into into that career path so um you know if you're listening right now and and you're like okay yeah I think I might be interested keep on listening to these podcasts keep keep on reading that stuff you know and and maybe get a coach and and see for yourself if if that's the right path for you <laughs> absolutely I totally agree with you. Trust your intuition. If you get that sense that "Mm, there's something here, follow up on that. And I'm just really grateful to have had this conversation with you today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're so welcome. (laughs) Take care, Lee. Bye.